Island Lux Sportsbook is back, and game day just got a major upgrade. We're talking live in-game betting on more than 20 sports, wagers right up to the end of your favorite game, and thousands of ways to bet. How can you lose? All you've got to do is log on to your Island Luck account, select the Sportsbook tab, and start wagering today. Enjoy more sports, more futures, more fun with Island Luck Sportsbook and the best sports talk with 10thyearseniors.com. Betting in sports never looks so good. Y'all, this is John Quell Jones. This is Mike Strong with the Indianapolis Colts. Yo, it's your boy Buddy Hughes. This is Jazz the Kid Chisholm. Faye Thompson of the Golden State Warriors. And you are logged in to 10th Year Seniors. 10th Year Seniors. 10th Year Seniors. 10th Year Seniors. You're logged in with 10th Year Seniors. Yeek! I know you're accustomed to that being the open for the read option, but no, it's March. There's a twist. Welcome to the Casuals Basketball Podcast. We watch basketball, so you don't have to. I know every marketing agency is using March Madness now to just do whatever they want, but this is not March Madness for the 10YS studio right now. It's March Sadness. I mean, only for one person. So does that mean that's everyone? You ain't sad? I don't care. I'm sad. Peacocks, let them fly. I mean, but it's more than just UK losing. Okay, let's just start with the obvious because... This happens every time UK is eliminated from the tournament. I get messages from people 90% of the time as Amo, jackass. He didn't even go to college in the States. I al- You know what I always bring up to him? How, how Mingo's homecoming is. <laughs> how, how y'all doing? Y'all, you think y'all could beat Commonwealth Bank Giants this year or no? Like, is, is it? Is it? Is, anyway. NPBA? Yeah. Anyway, so... UK obviously lost to St. Peter's, which was the biggest upset of the tournament. And if you don't know, 10YS was basically founded on college sports. Like our first uh, headshots, pause, were us in each one of our college gear. Like that's mm-hmm. that's what this was. The name itself is derived from college sports. So the NCAA tournament has been one of the biggest things for us since we started our first um, assignment was UK basketball. Like, Let's put it this way. Yes, we kind of did brackets. We just didn't have time to do something. But they're all busted. <laughs> like, we can't even... This was the perfect year for me to not fill out a bracket. Yep. Because I wouldn't have done shit with it anyway. Like, it didn't It didn't matter. This was the... I am so glad we was busy those two days. And every we just got ca- caught up and swept up in everything else that we was doing. Because that's basically what this tournament has been like for me. And now the season's done. Like... UK basketball is the one area of life where I get to be irrational sports fan. Like, I will be real about the Dolphins. I will be real about the Suns and whatever team Buddy and Kai play for. But when it comes to UK basketball, completely irrational. I got a UK logo tattooed on my left tricep. Like, it's that serious. This is the number one thing for me. And we just got railroaded by St. Peter's. And In overtime. Nobody knew anything anything it didn't even deserve to go to overtime they should have just beat us in in regulation because that's what it was like overtime just gave you false hope it did give me false hope though because kellen grady hit that three point. anyway i'm not here to talk about the past we are here to forge forward and i feel like we needed to I mean, are we not here to talk about the past with no, March no, sadness? no <laughs> i mean no. you you literally have a bunch of stuff on this board about the past those, you mean the kentucky past those three minutes were all we're all we're going to talk about the past and i am done with uk after that coach cal get back in the recruiting trail i still believe in you dog and 
we need to move on to the women's tournament for a quick second because this is why I said March sadness because we had such high expectations for Ole Miss. We had such high expectations for Coach Yo. We were literally in Freeport at mm-hmm. Roma Dean signing and his commitment to Fordham. And me and John immediately said, after that is done, we got to get to a bar. We got to get in front of the TV because this is historic. We expected Freeport to be buzzing with this, by the yeah. way. Like, it was disappointing how little fanfare it was. We were the only people that gave a shit in the bar. Yeah, because like, we made them change the channel. Yeah, we were like, fine, ESPN2. Like, a $12 bill, and we're like, yo, change, change this channel for these $12. I wanted to be like, this is Moon's daughter. Like, yeah. do y'all know that? She is coaching Division One basketball right now. She's Her team is in the NCAA tournament for the first time in, what, 15 years in that program. She rebuilt it from... Nothing. Basically nothing. You got to remember, this is a black woman in Mississippi building a basketball program that made the NCAA tournament first time in, what, 15, 20 years, somewhere around that time frame? I mean, listen to listen to that statement. Mississippi. How ridiculous that she, just start with that, by yeah. the way. Like, where they just had to change the state She flag. is, br- like, no ceilings. Yeah, she's breaking through everything. Like, she's breaking the, the norm of what it's used to be. Every ceiling except South Dakota. Yeah. Boy, South Dakota good, though. That was a pretty hard ceiling. They're good, though. But just like UK losing to St. Peter's, though, South Dakota. It takes a little bit of the burn off yes. as they advance. And that, that's what I was about to ask you, right? Because it's one thing if you if you don't want to be the team to get March madness Like, yeah. you want to be the team to do the March madness thing. Yeah. But when you get March madness you want that team to go on and win another game. Like, mm-hmm. you don't want St. Peter's, you don't want South Dakota to just beat you and then flame out in the second round. No, yeah. you want them to advance to the Sweet 16. Go as State. far as you can go. You want you want Final them to, Four. Yeah, just be Final like, four. you know what? That was a team of destiny. There's yeah. nothing we could do but about But see, that. that's the thing about, and I really feel, and I'll go just, I really feel women's college basketball, when the committee selects the teams, I feel they don't do justice with teams and selection. It's almost like the men, but I think the women is more extreme, how they really go after the name brands, the big powerhouses, and say, you're going to get a good seed. Do I think that Ole Miss should have been a seven seed? No. The season proved that they should have been on the five, six line. Because the SEC is ridiculous. There's it's not no just, other conference that's like that. It's not just that. It's like UCF, for example. UCF was a seven seed, and they were like... Um, the net rating was like 17 or something like yeah. that. Three losses in the year. But because they're not a big powerhouse team, they don't get a higher seating, which hurts those teams. And then a South Dakota, like, bro, they they were on the next level. They came out guns blazing. That brings up a really good point because the part, there's a podcast that I listen to called Off the Looking Glass, right? And it's hosted by Jessica Smetana and Kate Fagan. And they always talk about how women's college basketball is just completely it's all UConn centric in mm-hmm. terms of the coverage well last night when UConn played UCF it's like UCF couldn't do anything right it was UConn doing everything wrong like yeah you, you got to give credit what credit is due when the game goes on and y'all experienced that on the men's side a couple of years ago yeah with Duke too <laughs> and it's just like the calls aren't going your way how is it that we're up by 10 and the next you know six fouls in a row so, like, it's it's everything just viewed through that prism, and it's because the women's sport isn't covered the way the men's sport is. So it's like, it's almost as a media house to say, we're doing our due diligence if we just broadcast this team and if all of our focus is on this team. And I know ESPN is uh, 
one it's of the in Connecticut. Pro- yeah, they're one of the biggest proponents in it because it's in their it's in their backyard. Like that's that's what it is. And yeah, no one is taken away from the UConn program. Obviously, Gino Ariema built a powerhouse, but there's more to it than that. Though he built a powerhouse, right? But this is what people gotta understand. It's um, he's built that powerhouse in a day when there were literally only two teams playing. Right. It was Tennessee and UConn. Like, <clears throat> if you go back in history and look, it's Tennessee, UConn, Tennessee, UConn. That's where the pros came out. It was just him and Pat Summit exactly. throwing haymakers at each other. And once in a while, someone else yeah, would pop up. But, but. And, and that, yeah, once in a while. But at the same time, everyone's catching up now. And like, now you got representation you have, and the difference with who's coaching. But it, it's, it's not just representation who's coaching. It's like, how good of a coach are you, actually? Yeah. Because, and... A little bit of disrespect to your boy in Yukon. Yeah, you can do that. Disrespect him all the way. It's to the point where it's like you're used to coaching one way, but people are catching up and Yukon isn't what it used to be. Because it's, what pe- you, it's what people yeah, say about Cal. You're not getting the big recruits anymore. Your X's and O's really aren't that good. Like, in all honesty, watching that game last night, I was like, his X's and O's ain't that good. Talk your shit. Talent man. usually overcomes everything, but these teams, mm-hmm. more people are being more talented. The coaching trees are changing. It's just a different. It's a different dynamic. You have now coaches who can recruit at the highest level. Who are bring you now fight a pool of ten used to go to five went to UConn, five went to Tennessee, and that was it. Now all of a sudden, South Carolina, Stanford, oh, yeah, it's um Notre Dame. Because now you got you can't just recruit on the name of UConn. You got to recruit against Don Staley head to head. Yep, and that ain't easy. Yeah, so Ole Miss was a. Tw- uh, in the net I, at 24. I, I was about to bring it back to gambling. We say all this to say that we are really upset that we can't put money on Ole Miss and Coach Yo. Yeah. So that's part of our March, March, March sadness. Another part of our March sadness is that we didn't have much Bahamians on the men's side of the bracket this year. It was just Garvin Clark and Akron. And we were, we were basically kind of paying attention to it on the fringe when they were in the conference tournament, but then they made the run, and you end up winning the conference, so you're going dancing. And then they had the game against UCLA, and this was right after Kentucky lost, right? So and I that's like, another one of these. You I know, was like, forget the tournament, but yeah. they were there. Referees really called, and I, I understand it was a foul. Yes, it was, but at something like that, do you call it? The college game is officiated horribly. Yeah, the college like, game, is like, and I'm... When you look back at it, yes, it was a foul, but they were not calling that the entire game. You literally fouled out. They're up by, I think they were up by one or two. You foul out uh, Freeman at a pivotal point with three minutes left. It was huge for that. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're losing. And then, as I told you, when we were driving that one day, the problem with basketball is averages will always come. So UCLA was bound to hit three-pointers. Like, you're not going to stop them the whole game. And it happened in the last two minutes. Yeah, eight points by whoever, number 10, whatever it is. Like, yeah, that's, he's just 40-some percent three-point shooter. We don't need to learn their names. And on a personal note for me, that my literal nemesis when it comes to college basketball, my boy Antoine, he went to Kansas. Big 12 basketball, we, we, we here. And every, Big 12 every basketball. Year, Big 12 basketball. Let's go Jayhawks. Rock chalk. Every year it's a ritual for us. Like this is the only thing we compete at. And this is really 90% of our conversations is talking shit about each other's teams and talking about who is going to make it furthest in the tournament. And I was done. And what made it so worse for me this year is we 
blew them away in the regular season head-to-head matchup. But now it don't even matter. Mm-mm. It don't even matter because mm-hmm. we didn't. Our biggest thing for me and him is to make a name round. If your team makes a name round and you get eliminated, you're okay with that. And I'm still going with the the first four is a name Please round. Please listen to this bullshit theory. Go ahead and explain this bullshit theory. It's like John. the first four is a name round. What do you rather? The first four or the round of 64? That don't count. First four cannot count. First it counts all, though. It's it a, counts as a tournament win. It counts. It's a name round. John, nobody this, think, this, nobody thinking about the first four when they think about the tournament. This this name round thing needs to be, you know what? Elite or nothing. You know what? When you know when it's considered a name round, when you actually have to travel and you get that time frame off like you have now, traveling from the first well, round. Technically they to did the second travel weekend. to the first four mm. and it's in Dayton. Nobody into no playing. I mean, keep the teams that are in the play in well, the play them, them, but nobody else. Anyway, for our purposes of this, that doesn't count. So Kansas moves on to the Sweet 16, Kentucky. Big 12 basketball. Home. Congratulations. Big 12 basketball. Well, we, we here. Let's get to the lines for the Sweet 16 brought to you by our best friends over at Island Lux Sportsbook. We are going to start in the West region where you have number one seed, the Gonzaga Bulldogs, taking on the number four seed in the West Arkansas Razorbacks, Gonzaga favored by nine in this one, over under on this game, 155. I think this Gonzaga team is really likable. Like, I know, I know. They're always likable. Yeah. It's like, there were, there were a few years in there where I think, there were a few years in there where I think Gonzaga kind of rubbed some people the wrong way no, with no, the kind no, of players no, that no, they no. had. The Adam Morrison years were tough. I don't know if people really loved those teams because when they but lost. But they didn't hate them. Yeah. You know why they got on they them? Because Adam Morrison cried. But I think that made them actually more likable, though. The fact that they were dominating through the regular season was the thing that had people kind of, eh, I don't know about this whole Gonzaga thing. It it came off as utter and arrogance because they hadn't won a national title, but they were just mowing through people in the regular season. I'm sorry, but if I win every game in the regular season, I am going to have confidence oh, and yeah, arrogance sure. and be cocky because it's difficult you should. to win. Absolutely you should. And I'm not saying they're wrong for that, but I like this team. Who I beat them in the tournament? Was it UCLA? I think it was UCLA. Uh, no. Probably West Coast team for real though. Yeah, I think, I think it was. I'm not... Certain, but do you but hate them? No. No, absolutely not. I think this Gonzaga team is likable because I like Drew Timmy. Because I think Chet Holmgren is a freak. And I say that in the most complimentary way possible. Those two playing Seven, against one, each other. Perfect compliment. Like, what Chet Holmgren does at that, and it looks kind of scary because every move he makes is, I'm terrified because he seems brittle. But I don't know much people that can do the kind of things that he does on a basketball court at his size with that agility, that length, pause, and that mobility. Like, I don't know. Obviously, most people don't think Drew Timmy is a pro prospect, right? But he is a pro prospect. He's a perfect college player. Yeah, but he's going to be... You know who he is? Christian Leitner. Christian, no, 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 he ain't as good as him, but that's that's the style that he plays. Nah, bro, Christian Leitner was that's the style. No, I, no, I, that's the style that he plays. I'm not caping up now. I'm not caping up. You like Duke now? You like Duke? I'm not caping up for Duke. What I'm saying is, let's not forget how cool Christian Leitner was. But what is Christian Leitner? Timmy ain't as good as him. Timmy, no, no, but what is Christian Leitner? He was a perfect college player. Yeah, he was meant for the college game. Timmy's meant for the college game. His game also translated to the NBA, though. Yeah, Didn't but not Christian Leitner make an all-star game? I think he made one. He made the dream the team out of pity. 
Yeah, well, that was Shaq's spot, but anyway. so now, so Timmy has to make one All Star game. To <laughs> I don't even know if Timmy's an NBA player, bro. He's like, gonna get okay. Let's think he's of it. Going to summer league. He's like okay, maybe a Ryan Spangler. Then. Think of yeah. Think of it like this. Um, do you think he's as good as Tyler Hansborough? True to me. I hated Tyler Hansborough. I know you hated him, but Tyler Hansborough won just about every Player of the Year award yeah, there no. was, and he played some years in the NBA. That's I'm just saying I don't think Timmy's as good as Hansborough was, and Hansborough was a fringe NBA player, Hans- it, which which is okay though because Gonzaga is a program we you know. He's averaging 18.2 points a game. I know. Gonzaga is a team What's that his free throw percentage? 66.9. Boy, that bad boy. <laughs> I can't believe that's where you went next. No, I, look, and the reason I went there, because he's going to be power forward center. He's going to get hacked down low. He's got to make free throws. Gonzaga is one of those teams. Uh, by the way, Chet Holmgren, exact opposite. Clearly, you can see where his game translates to the new NBA, because that's the kind of big that you Chew Timmy will get drafted in the second round. I don't know about that. He could get drafted in the second round. I you saying that with a lot of confidence, Brad. I don't think so. But that's okay, though, because I think Gonzaga does not have a problem. Rec- they can get the one-and-dones. They can get the guys that are lottery picks like a Jalen Suggs and like Chet Holmgren. But they can also get guys like Drew Timmy that are going to be around for a while and that are going to develop. And I think that's why they have been so successful in this generation. Like, this is not the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Draft that- projection, late first to mid-second round. For Drew Timmy? That's what I read in here. As a coach, you know. You are a coach. <laughs> I just think he's going to get drafted in the second round. Someone's going to take a chance, 6'10". By, by the way, our... our uh, Mock Analy- draft 2023-51 overall in NBADraft.net. Our analysis of this game is completely just whether Drew Timmy is going to the NBA and how good Chet Holmgren is because we ain't know nothing but Arkansas. Our, our, I was uh, asking about... Like, yes, our, our podcast prep when we talked about Arkansas was a 94 team with Scotty Thurman and Corliss Williamson. <laughs> that was it. I, I, I mean, I that think, was a good team. Though. I think Memphis scared Gonzaga enough. Because usually Gonzaga, like you say, it just blows through the competition. Pause. But I think they had that test already. And the nine point, I think they. And I feel, I, I listen. They, they cover. I want it for Mark. I want it for Mark Few. I'm, I'm just going to say right now, I want it for Mark Few. Like after, after Jalen Suggs hit that shot, you had to think, this is the team of destiny year for Gonzaga. Like they got to go on and win this one. And then they just get bailed by a bunch of bailers. Mm-hmm. This has to be it for Mark Few. Like, if Mark Few don't win with these two dudes in the front court, I don't know if it's happening. Yeah. He's always losing. Like, who would he be considered, like, Jim Kelly? John Calipari. No, John Calipari has championships, though. Yeah, he got the one. Close a lot. Hey, that one important. That one important. That one so important. <laughs> what? Ask Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees how important that one is. Uh, ask Dan Marino. All right, so we both like Gonzaga in this one, but you do think Arkansas covers. I think they cover as well. No, I think I think um, Gonzaga. Oh, you think? Oh, I you, think you were going covers. with Gonzaga. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's March Madness. Yeah, it's, it's the last SEC SEC team left, and I'm not big on the whole. Yeah, conf- so I'm not big on the whole like conference allegiance thing, but I don't know if this is they have Drew Timmy in the 2023. So yes, he's going to get drafted. <laughs> Sean was doing extensive research on this. <laughs> Let's go in the second half of the West region. You got Duke, a number two seed. Taking on number three seed. When Texas did Texas Tech. Tech become a basketball school? Uh, didn't Gillespie. they lose their coach? I don't know who the hell. Texas what didn't Tech. the Texas Tech coach go to Texas? 
From I'll, last year? I don't know nothing but Texas Tech. Our analysis on this was just going to be all Duke. Oh, no, uh, no, 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 no. The analysis tech, is that... Tech um, is favored by a single point, favorite? so this game is basically a push. Over, under on this, 136 and a half. By the way, the West Region game is played in San Francisco, if that matters. I don't think it does. This is the revenge tour for Duke basketball, basically. That's, that's all this is. So I don't think that... People are watching this game for any other reason than to see if Coach K's last run gets somewhere near a national title. Because I feel like the last game at Cameron Indoor left a bitter taste in a lot of people's mouth. It was funny because people just love laughing at Duke fans. Do you think the national consensus sees people want to continue that ridicule of Duke? Or you want to see like this legacy champion go out on top? I'll say this. I won't be surprised if there's ticky-tack calls in this game favoring a team in blue. <laughs> I feel that the final four is where he can lose in peace. Where people are going to be like, well, he made a final four his last year. That's, that's, pretty, yeah. that, that's pretty there. But he would have to play. To get to the final four, they have to beat Gonzaga. Yeah. Ain't happening. I think that's where the um, ends. Yeah, I think they get Elite Eight. I think they make it to the Elite Eight. Um, Texas Tech, last time I saw them, they were losing to the Bahamas scrap national team. Um, so I don't know how much they improved then. They lost to Virginia in that national championship game, which to this day, I'm still upset about that stupid call. That was a bad game. Though. It was a bad game. But my thing is this. The whole thing of let's go to replay and review the play, right? Oh, the ball touched him. It's just like, there needs to be an intense, like there needs to be things that isn't done in replay. Because I could go back to every part of the game and get that same same result. Like, you just got to say the call is, it is what it is. That's a crappy way to lose. But anyways, yeah, I think Duke's going to win this game. Texas Tech by one. That's kind of generous. Um, Nah, ain't happening. And it's probably going to go over. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Duke in this game as well. I think a big part of the NCAA tournament referees are going to cause them to win, or the possible number one overall pick in the draft, Paolo Banchero. I think a who's big, the last Duke player to go number one overall? Zion. Yeah, just stuck in college. <laughs> no, why? Why would Zion have gone back to college, John? To do what? Yeah, he would have been skinnier. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I saw a picture of him the other day. He actually looks like he's in pretty good shape. I never know what to believe about these Zion picks anymore. I don't know I'm what either, lie. but the picture I saw, I looked and I said, oh, no, he looks like he's he's finally figured out I am a professional basketball player. I mean, he's been bullied a lot online, and he is he is young. I mean, I don't know what kind of... They still should have lost to UCF that year. We got robbed. Yeah, y'all did. Taco did an amazing job protecting the room. But um, I think for fringe fans... The NCAA tournament is about two things. It's about gambling, which is number one and why we're here. And it's also about learning about the stars of tomorrow. Like, this is about, it's the reason, like we talked about Arkansas earlier, it's the reason why I still remember Scotty Thurman's name, even though I was in fourth grade when they won that title, right? Paolo Banchero is a bona fide superstar, and this is your chance to see him be that guy before he gets to the NBA level. I like how he was on social media just, he, he had, like, that OKC Russell Westbrook energy because everyone was counting Duke out after they lost in North, North Carolina uh, in the last game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. They did not expect Duke to come to this tournament and actually make a run. I don't think a lot of people had they, that in there. 
what does that seed say they are? Number two. I am talking about public opinion, yes, not the committee. Knee-jerk reactions. That's what you're talking about. That's what all of sports media I know, is in 2022. I know what it is. But at the same time, it's just like, all right, yes. This is a rivalry. Wow. UNC Duke is a rivalry. It's like they could be unranked. Ah, throw them at the door. Throw yeah, it out the and door. it's just like it doesn't matter. And guess what? You know how bad UNC wanted to beat him on his last home game? Really bad. Like that's a different level of want. You know Jordan probably like got on um, – I don't know, FaceTime with the coach and said, yo, let me talk to the players. Y'all beat them. Y'all get some free Jordans. I think they get them anyway. Yeah, but, but special they get, edition. They get more. Special edition yeah, beat Coach K on the last <laughs> on the last home game that's edition. A, that's important. I wonder if they would the rather have... The souls of it would have Coach K's face on it. I wonder what they would rather have the national championship or to always be able to hold that over, over Duke. Which one means more? Well, national championship. Okay. Because you know why it holds more than national championship? You could lose to Duke two times and still win the national championship. Facts. And since we're already talking about UNC, let's go over to the East region. Boo. <laughs> the East region is going to be in Philly. You got UNC, the eighth seed, going up against number four seed UCLA, playing in the sport where Garvin Clark and Akron should be at this moment. UCLA favored by two and a half. Over under on this game, 142 and a half. I know. I don't know if you... I feel like UNC... You, this is almost a home game for UNC. It is. It is. But at the same time, I feel like they won their national championship already. I see them I see them beating UCLA. Uh, upset specials. You, this, is an, this is a UCLA team. They're not as good as their ranking says they are. But they... They're do, good. They do have players that were right there. Okay. Nearly winning a national title. Okay. I'm saying experience matters in March. Everyone has experience because everyone had COVID. Everyone doesn't have the experience that, that this UCLA team has. Though. Only like one team it, has experience, then that's going to be the last thing we talk about. That matters. <laughs> but. It's a different level of experience. Growing ass adults. I'm just saying, this is going to be a home game for UNC. The crowd is going to make a difference. This is a look. They got two and a half. I don't know how it is in basketball with neutral sites or whatever, but I think UNC should be favored by one and a half. I mean, look, beating the national champions to get to the Sweet Sixteen it means something. Even though that this is not the same Baylor team that won last year, but still, no. you beat a number one overall seed. It means something. Like yeah. there's a certain level of respect that has to go into that. So, I mean, I don't think. Vegas did not, they, they do not see UCLA, obviously, as a team that's some kind of juggernaut that's going to run through this. Like, you expect this game to be, because two and a half point. this ain't like football. Nope. Two and a half in basketball is a single shot. Like let's, let's, Yeah, let's, one shot. Yeah, let's be real about how close we expect but this three, game to be. Two and a half points in football is one possession. Yeah, but that is so much harder to come by, though. <laughs> that is so much harder to and come by. And the thing by. is, you could hit a shot anywhere on the court. Yeah, so this... <laughs> This is what this is one of those games that I feel like this is going to be the most classic March Madness game in this bracket. So who are you picking? I'm taking UCLA. With okay, this so one. UNC is going to win this big, guys. Um, bet the house on UNC. <laughs> I'm also going over on that. I'm taking UCLA to win. So it's going to be under. Um, UNC wins, so it's under under. Fine. You want to go to the other half of the East region? Uh, and I begrudgingly have to talk about the St. Peter's Peacocks. You oh, know what? They're going to have a lot of fans at this game. You know what? I don't hate them. 
No. I don't hate them. Like, this is... I don't know if this is fine maturation, but I hated... Sorry. I still hate Wisconsin for when they cheated Kentucky and robbed me of the perfect season. I still hate UAB for... Even though Kentucky wasn't as good years ago when they had the Taylor twins that had that spectacular play that knocked the... Tubby Smith, best chance. You know the what the worst part title. of the Wisconsin thing but is? Let I, me go back to that. Okay, go back to that. Now they have replay to check on those things. That was and such bullshit. It's just like, and now watched, you all have it? I watched that right here in your living room. Yeah. I left here crestfallen. I wanted to fight. Punch people in the face. Well, it wasn't punching me. No, it, was, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. It was, let me just see something. Wells Fargo Arena. One of our doctor friends. Oh. Congratulations. Anyway, so this St. Peter's team, obviously this is the biggest line of the Sweet 16. Purdue, the number three seed. St. Peter's number 15. Purdue favored by 12 and a half. Over under on this game is 136. So every sports book expects that this is the end of the run for the St. Peter's Peacocks. And we talk about players uh, getting into the spotlight when it comes to March Madness. But St. Peter's coach Shaheen Holloway is moving into the spotlight himself because he's given some really candid, we ain't got nothing to lose interviews, but we can play on this stage and we obviously have proved that we belong on this stage. Like, you beat Kentucky, people automatically got to pay attention. You win again and then you move on to the Sweet 16. Now you legit on even footing with everybody else, whether this line says so or not. Well, me doing my research right now. Go ahead. Right? St. Peter's College, that's what it's called, right? Yeah. Is only an hour and a half drive to the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah. They have so much people in there, but Purdue still can beat them. Yeah. And Jaden Ivey. I think they cover, though, at 12 and a half. I always feel like whenever, whenever there's a Cinderella story, the bottom always falls out at some point. And like yeah, they, there's it, always a game where you see, and uh, it usually is a sweet sixteen. It, it's usually where it happens. But I think that they're going to have enough fans in there for it to make for a huge it to, difference. Because here's the thing, right? These fans are going there and they're playing with house money. That's how it is. These fans, they St. Peter's could be losing by 97 points, and those fans will not leave that stadium they, they, because it's the moment that they're in. They'll never be there again. It, this is it. Well, we don't know that. They might be Kentucky again. To, to make it this far. This could, be the begin- this could be the beginning of their Gonzaga run. Yeah, the mid-major uh, dynasty run. Yeah, because, you, you know, know, they might be able to make it again. That's but true. the whole thing is it's these fans, like you said, you're going to go with the mindset of this may never happen again. Sweet 16. NCAA tournament, sure, it might happen. But Sweet 16, look at Florida Gulf Coast. Yeah. They ain't make it back. Who made it um last year? That was the... A couple of years ago, it was Loyola, wasn't it? Loyola, Loyola Chicago. Chicago was the guy? No, it was another team. Loyola Chicago made the final four. I'm talking about just Sweet 16. Oh, I don't remember. Because they were 15 seed. Wasn't Loyola Chicago like a 12 seed or 11 yeah, seed or something like that? Yeah, yeah. There was another team. I can't think of it. Now I have to go do more research. God damn it. But no, I I'll think fill that. A, I'll filibuster. Yeah, I think they have enough that. people in the crowd who are going to support them. On the Purdue side of this, though, Jaden Ivey is a legitimate star. That is somebody who you need to watch. He may be playing for your team next year. Not you if you're a Laker fan. He may be playing for your team next year. Jaden Ivey is somebody that you have probably seen his highlights over the course of the first two rounds, and you just don't know who he is. But he's one of those players that 
he's must watch TV. Also of note, that is a really, 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 really high pedigreed basketball family because his mom is the head coach of the Notre Dame women's team, and they're also in the Sweet 16. Family in the Sweet 16 all around. La familia. Big month for them. You want to move on to the Midwest region? Let's move on to the Midwest region, which John thinks should be the North region. Yeah, we, we need a North region up in here because it ain't fair to the... Actually, no. Let's go south geography. first. Let's got to go be s- all-inclusive, right? Let's go south first because we're going to leave Midwest for last in our team. And we don't know anybody's name on the team, but that's just our team. Oh, I know. Anyway, I know one. Anyway, let's go to the south region. The Michigan Wolverines. Chawan Howard's Michigan Wolverines. Slap. The number 11 seed facing number 2 seed Villanova. Villanova favored by five points. Over under on this game is 135 South Region games played in San Antonio. Who do we got in this one? Every no, I'm gonna leave John to say his Villanova fact, which he has been saying. Oh, last time I wa- they went Villanova, they won the um. I assume it's gonna be the same place to win a national championship. Been the two Final Fours. Guess who won both? Villanova. If y'all want to win that, call me. Do we talk about Jay Wright enough as an elite coach? No, does he? He doesn't get that kind of revered respect. Like his name is said in hush undertones, like some of the other ones, right? I don't think Jay Wright gets that. No, he doesn't get it, and he deserves all the credit that he should get. I tell you, who better get it, or you get slapped in the face? You better start giving that respect to Jawan Howard. And boy, th- this boy, is yeah, a- he literally slapped you in the face. This is where we see that this is one hundred percent a business. And I remember being in some groups and. When the Jawan Howard thing happened against Wisconsin, and people were saying, No, how could he do this in front of kids? He is gonna lose this job. He's supposed to be a leader of men. And I'm like, Do y'all know how business works? Y'all worried about that little slap? Do y'all know how business works? Do y'all think these people give a shit about that when Jawan Howard recruits the way he recruits? And now, on top of that, he has this team in the Sweet 16. Nobody is going to care how many coaches he slaps if he continues to do this. If if it's a slap to get the Sweet 16, They'll is, take it, it. is it two slaps for the Elite Eight? And, and all you got to do is be suspended five games and then the regular season, it doesn't matter. Slap somebody else. Boy. <laughs> That's what the Michigan AD is saying. Hey, don't be surprised if they win this game and he slaps the person from Villanova and next because they Not this, Jay Wright, though. You got to slap like an assistant. Yeah, yeah, no, you're slapping an assistant. You're yeah. slapping. But at the same time, this is the final... Uh, the, the championship matchup that was in San Antonio. It was. So it's a rematch. And you know, was that, was Howard there at that time? I don't think he was there yet. No, no, no. no it was a white, it was a white dude. What's his, his name? Uh, Beeline? Yeah. I, I don't know. Anyways, he was there. His first year was when they came here to battle for Atlantis. And that was like their first like tournament when I remember that. Yeah. So it's a rematch. And Howard's going to be like, yeah, bro, this different team. I'm here I, for, I slap people. I'm here for slaps. I'm here for Michigan moving on. I'm going to be annoyed by Amo, but I'm here Amo for Amo didn't even Howard. go to that school. Amo went to University of the Bahamas. <sighs> yeah, but he is. No, no, no. That's okay. all right, John. Here's he's my fan. thing. He's a fan of the yeah, team. You could be a fan. But here's my thing. You cannot be that invested <laughs> in a place you have. Has he ever been to Ann Arbor? I'm willing to venture he has not been. To has Ann he Ann been Arbor to Michigan? Too. He may have been to Michigan. Has he been to a state that borders Michigan? Possibly. I mean, all I'm saying is... I actually went there. My first uh, my first Thanksgiving. You cannot be that... Shout out to Mike Green. Yeah, you can't be that vested in a program 
That just because he they came to battle for Atlantis and he watched them here, he feels like, oh, I've seen them. I feel like he was there before that. I don't. I don't know what no, his no, no, Michigan no. He, I don't know. Is. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the. the As a matter but of fact, I'm just saying. I don't even know if it's basketball. If we keeping it a hundred, I yeah. feel like the Michigan thing is a football, was a football thing, and then it just bled over to basketball because they got good. Yeah, they didn't get good because he wasn't around for five five Michigan. He's too mm-hmm. young for that. Here's my thing. You cannot be that invested in a, in a program you've never been to. You know what they call those it's things? It's a part of his identity just well, like no, news What's reporting. the next thing we're talking about? Damn it. I can't say it. I'll say it later in the podcast of what those are the equivalent of pulling from Michigan. We could go hard. to the other South. Re- anyway, I'm taking Michigan in this game. I'm taking Juwan Howard and Slaps. Who, did you say who you got in this? Oh, I'm going to Villanova is going to... Um, do it again in San Antonio. <laughs> All right. Let's 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 go to the other half of the South region. Number five, Houston Cougars taking on the number one seed, Arizona Wildcats. Tough line. Arizona favored by just one and a half. I over mean, under in this game, 145 and a half points. I don't think it goes over. I think it'll stay under. But the problem is Arizona is so good. They're really good. Really good without Sean Miller. Yeah. Like, when you remove Sean Miller from your life, great things happen. Yeah. What did he coach before that? I don't know. Is he going to Xavier now? Or yeah, something like I that? saw he got another job. And what's crazy is, you know, when when the big FBI scandal and all that stuff broke, all of the assistant coaches, black assistant coaches, and all of the bagmen, black bagmen, went to jail. Are actually doing time because of this stuff. And all of the head coaches who were in charge, nothing happened. They just get other jobs. They just move on. So this is college basketball, by the way. We, I hate it and I love it. We have. There's always a Bahamian in, in Houston, like regardless oh, of what it is. So, the big Bahamian hub. The, yeah, the guy's name is Brian Clark Jr. and he's the assistant strength and conditioning coach for Houston. Did that kid go to St. John's? I don't know where he went, but anyways, he is the so. Uh, the year before it was um, Mikhail. Yeah, Mikhail was, was there for a very long time. At one point, Houston was so deep. With Bahamians, you had uh, LJ, LJ Rose was there. You had Chicken was Chicken. there, and McHale. They were all on the same team. Yeah, it's crazy. All of them. Didn't they have another one or no? I think it was just those. Was there another forward? Football team had Alex. Hula. Yeah. Anyways, there was a yeah. ton of them. So uh, Houston has the Bahamian ties, but let's not forget. Go with your home team, dog. Go with that, your heart. That, that, it, ain't, it ain't just the home team. That is your home. I team. I go to Tucson plenty. Yeah, that's your home team. And I feel like that that city needs something. Houston already got good strip clubs. They got the vibes. You know, just don't let it flood there. No. And you're straight. Arizona needs this bad. Like, especially with the whole Sean Miller thing happening. If they could, I don't think they'll win the national title, but they at least got to get to the final four. I like them winning this game, though. Yeah. I like them winning this game. I actually think this is... That line is but really Samson low to me. But Samson is a coach that knows how to game plan. He does, but that line is really low to me, and I think Arizona is going to win this game by it. I'm, I'm thinking, like, this is a several-possession game. Like, it's not going to be one of them close classic March Madness game. I think Arizona wins this game pretty convincingly. So close classic March Madness game. Since you said that, let me ask this question. Are there more blowouts or close games in March Madness? There are actually more blowouts. We just don't remember those. So those are the classic games. We don't remember those, though. (laughs) Like, those don't, in the public consciousness, those games don't happen. They don't exist. Every March Madness game is Gus Johnson screaming, and it comes down to either... Is Gus Johnson still... I don't know. I thought it was a fox. Oh, yeah. But we think of him when... I think of him when I think of March Madness. Oh, my God! You need him. You need need him. I feel like... 
there needs to be like announcers should be like soccer players. You should be able to put them on loan yeah. to a network and just say, "Cause let's be real. I mean, why is Jim Nance so closely tied to the NCAA tournament? Like, what's and he does this thing where he gives the MVP his tie." Why would I care about Jim Nance's tie? I would throw that shit right back at him. Like, I don't care. I, I don't want this. your tie. Why but are you giving me your tie? Here's my thing. And this is a great thing. I think um, broadcasting should get into this thing. Loan out broadcasters for certain events. But people, y- you know what? If it's a brilliant idea. And broadcasters are making so much money now. Like, look at how much money Romo got signed to. Look at all of the... Troy Aikman and the, Joe Buck left to go Monday Night Football. Right, the contracts that they are getting. Like, Kirk Herbstreit is supposed to be getting a big one, too. Like, Madden worked for everybody. Yeah, but I just feel Jay that... Jay Billis worked for everybody. I just feel, for example, now that Joe Buck's at ESPN, mm-hmm. Fox and ESPN should be able to negotiate a deal to put him on loan for the World Series. Yeah. And yeah, just like say, Joe Buck should be doing yeah, baseball. And just That's be like, baseball here we go. We're going to put you on loan, so you're going to have to pay us. Because reality is this. These networks want the big-time announcers. Yeah, They pay the money for them. So even if they paid ESPN $5 million just to have them for the World Series, their World Series value is going up. The crazy thing is, like, we say this, right? And we are we are people that are deeply rooted in this. So we pay attention to this stuff and who's calling games. But... The weird thing is, and former ESPN CEO said this, right? Who Who's calling the games actually don't move the needle at all. Like, it may add credibility, but people there for the sport. Yeah. But like, who calling the game don't matter as much as we think. But you want Gus Johnson? You do want Gus Johnson. So, uh, you do want, you Gus want Tony Johnson. Romo? I do want Tony Romo. No, but that's Those the are thing. two people that are really <laughs> elite at it. Though. Would you want John Madden? I do want I'm just saying... I do want John. Madden. Yes, I agree with you that announcers are not that important to a certain extent. To a certain extent, yeah. But the top five the elites, in the industry, the elites are elite. They are the ones that people yeah. will want to listen to. Like it, they will drive the needle. The ones who bring something that nobody see the names that you called. You can't just bring in anybody to do that. Mm-mm. Like any, just anybody ain't gonna be Gus Johnson. Ain't gonna be Romo. No. Ain't gonna be Madden. The elite ones, yes, they make a difference, but. At the end of the day, you hear, like, you could go in a bar. You People pack up in bars to watch this stuff, and they don't hear none of it who's mm-hmm. announcing the game. You know what I'm saying? But so, they know who's announcing the game. Yeah, they, might. they might know. They, they usually do know. Like, you remember, this is childhood growing up. Like, yeah. Jim Nance is the Masters. Yeah, it's what? Yeah, he should be the Masters and not this. Nobody wants your damn time. But they pay him like, so much money. That like he, for for that me, Bob Costas, like Joe Buck is at that point. But for me, Bob Costas is always, like NBA. when I hear his voice. No, yeah. when I hear his voice, I think World Series. Oh, well, I think Joe Buck World Series. Yeah, now. I, I understand, yeah. But also when I hear Costas, I think Olympics. Yeah, Olympics. I think I, Olympics I get Olympics now. and World Series. Shit, he was really good because I think NBA with him too. Yeah, no, I, I think like the NBA and NBC. Bob Costas is the greatest of all time. Is he? Who's he close? good? He good. You know who's what? We're gonna close? have to do a, a, a bracket of who's we the should best. Do that we're, we're gonna do the broadcasting I, bracket. Who's the only other one that could touch him? Al Michaels. And I feel like Marcellus we're, Hall. We're more neutral because we haven't grown up with the like. We literally are people that have just watched. Yeah. What is on TV? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Dan Fouts. We Jesus Christ. We still gotta go to the Midwest region. Uh, all right. Big Twelve basketball. Yeah. 
All right, Providence number four seed. First of all, this is very disrespectful. Can't believe these for the number one seed get a number in the one Big seed. Twelve. Kansas Jayhawks should assholes. be favored more. Than I hate seven them. And a half I points. hate them. I Look, hate them. I'm going with Providence. Hammer, hammer the over. I want Providence to blow them away. I don't want to see anyone who roots for Kansas basketball happy. I don't want to see Lawrence Kansas happy. I want them to fail. I want them to fail miserably. Hellfire and brimstone on that entire program. How does Bill Self keep getting away with this? Providence by ten. Okay, no, um, guys. Now that you heard the. Naldo curse. Ramblings of a madman. Um, Kansas is going to win it. Kansas has a very deep team. Kansas is part of the Big 12, which is a great conference, by the way. You know, flagship program. They got this W. Like, it ain't even, it's Kansas. You just come in with this Big 12 bias. <laughs> Big 12, man. You got you to stick with your boys. That's are, why. Are they, are they your boys yet? Yes. Because right. they did have to vote us for acceptance. Whatever. I'm yeah. going with Providence. Anyway, and moving on to the other game in the Midwest region. This is uh, two teams that have just been upsetting people straight through. The Midwest region bracket is ruined, by the way, because of these two teams. Iowa State, number 11 seed, taking on number 10 seed Miami Hurricanes. Miami favored by two and a half over under on this game, 133 and a half. Age wise or. Yes, Miami has gained uh, a very special place in the hearts of me and John because this is the oldest team in the tournament. This is a team that has six and seventh year seniors, so very close to our name. They may have a legitimate tenth year senior on this team. Like when you think of senior leadership, this is something that never happens in college basketball <clears throat> anymore. And I'm McGusty's my guy. So let's see, Charlie Moore. Six-year redshirt senior. Charlie Moore? When does that ever happen in college basketball anymore? And Charlie Moore is out there making plays. You know what Larry Yeager called him? They're Chris Paul because he's almost his age. Rodney Miller Jr., six-year redshirt senior. Look at this. Sam Wardenberg, six-year redshirt senior. Why do they have all of these old people? Dengak. Fifth year redshirt junior. Redshirt junior. He's gonna be a six year senior senior. next year. Why do they have all these old people? Cameron McGusty. And this six year redshirt senior. And this is their star. He's their DeMar DeRozan. Cameron McGusty will never take a three pointer. It's all long range two points. Let's see. Where's he? That's the star. Which one? McGusty. That's the guy. He's from Texas. Yeah. He went to Sunrise. We know Sunrise pretty well. We know Sunrise. He went to Sunrise a long ass time ago. He'd been in college for six years. Boy. Well, see, this guy's a fourth-year junior, this Jordan Miller. You will, you Third-year sophomore, third-year sophomore, third-year sophomore. Yo, if y'all thought I was bad in school, there, I graduated like in five and a half years and people were trying to make fun of me. There is no other program in America like this one. What is that this, average age? This does not happen in college basketball anymore because this is barely a college basketball team. This guy has to be 45. I love this Miami Hurricanes team just for this reason. Contrast this with Kentucky, where everyone's 18 every year. They're so old, they don't even put their birthdays on they the thing. They can't put their birthdays on the thing. That would be, like, low-key embarrassing. They're grown-ass men. One, two, three, four. This is all, like, BYU. Do- they all Chris Wanky, except oh. they didn't go on a, yeah, they didn't go they didn't on a go mission. On a military they, tour. They, they just was there. 
Like this is they have legitimate six year seniors. Like there's no This guy's from New Zealand, Sam Wardenberg. Let's see. There's no other way we can root for another team. This Did he play for team, Miami his whole career? He couldn't have played for Miami his whole they career. They had to be going all over the place. There had to be a lot of transferring in this. Mm, Miami the whole time. God damn. But he liked Miami. I mean, it's a lot to love. Let me see how old he is, because he look old. He has to be at least 25. <laughs> That's a lot to love. Anyway, we are both going with Miami in this. The number 10 seed, we the want. oldest team. Yeah. That's what we're about. It's, li- it's lined up perfectly for us. We're going with Miami. I know the people wanted to hear us uh, over the first two rounds, but we just couldn't do it because there was a lot going on. A lot of emotional distress, a lot of March sadness, but we are going to He's make He's only 23? That's old for college basketball. Yeah, but if you're six years. Yeah. We're going to make up for that by making some money and making you some money. Bet on Miami. Bet on us. With I don't know. Oh, I pressed mute too soon. No, that's all good.